Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Annie McBeal Rewatch Podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Annie McBeal through 2021 eyes. Um, no, no, we don't do 2022 <laughs> eyes because Happy it's the first episode of a new year. Remember when we were so excited for uh, 20? What was the last time we did a new year episode? <laughs> because we recorded. Well, I feel like at the start of 2021, which feels like it was like yesterday, um, it was like. Oh, it's gonna solve all of our problems and it is it has been better, better. than 2020 but it's also not solved everything no. like covid's still a thing like yes lots of people are vaccinated now which is amazing woohoo yes, but like but... it's still covid's still around like it's still part of our lives i don't, I don't think it's gonna go away <laughs> for a long time <laughs> um so it's like we need to stop i guess looking basically what i'm saying is don't worry about the new year it's not it's not gonna solve any of your problems but sure have a drink if you want to yes let's all something something be forgot and never brought to mind well we'll come to that in a minute because that is the cause of some strife later but oh okay um in in the episode um yeah uh but anyway yeah but i guess happy new year like you know i don't want to be a complete debbie downer like i guess it's nice it's nice to be hopeful i guess it's nice it's to nice. be yeah i guess if you're with family or friends then that's nice uh nice happy new year, I don't know happy new year. I don't depressing today why am I so depressing I just feel like I just feel like the last few years we've I feel like the new years have been like full of like hope and like everything's either got worse or not really got better so I'm a bit a bit a bit it's down on new years these like days rock the casbah rock the casbah sure let's rock that casbah oh, uh yeah Great so stuff. yeah, I mean, if, do you have anything to say, Eleanor? Stop me before I make everyone. Make, make every, I, I just am here to say, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. Let's get on. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I didn't know where that was going, which is really stupid. Because as soon as you said it, I was like, Taylor Swift, but you're not 22. What the fuck? And then I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right yes. let's let's um get on with business is what i say so okay so what's on the, what's on the slate so on the slate today we are going to be talking about um season four episode eight called the man with the bag man yeah that's a song that vonda sings in this episode yes that's what i noticed um yeah so no no riddles or mysteries around the title this week (laughs) well i think we all know what the man with the bag is referring to because obviously it's a christmas episode the final christmas episode of this season yes so this episode first aired uh 11th of december 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. 
Was everyone so, getting optimistic at the end of 2000, Eleanor? Are you going to tell us? Uh, I... Well... <laughs> well... <laughs> let's, let's go through, because I'm going to take us right up to the end of um, 2000. Ooh, with settle this. in, folks. Yeah, sit down, make yourself comfortable. Um, grab some sherry. Um, okay, <laughs> so... Uh, the UK number one for uh, this week, <clears throat> I'll give uh-huh. you the artist, S Club okay. 7. Uh, hmm. Is it, I never had a dream come it is. true, yeah. till the day that I, <laughs> I found you. You'll always be my baby. I never had the words to the words to say. I know the one I think about about each day. No matter where you take me to, a part of me will always be with you. (laughs) That's the video where they're all wearing like tan suede with like fluffy fluffy white white fur yes this is ringing a bell it's a great aesthetic i really enjoy it it's really um it's giving me do you remember in like 2000 and in the run-up to 2000 there was a real kind of like um like futuristic vibe in like the fashion like yes lots of silvers lots of it yes. was almost sort of reminiscent of the 60s um yes and, yes, and yes 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 it was really like and lots of like you know you got inflatable armchairs and inflatable like backpacks and yes, like I had I had an inflatable um purple flower like footstool yes thing. you did um, yeah and yeah, it, that, that was, was like I couldn't, I couldn't afford a whole sofa <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like I got the footstool <laughs> yeah yeah and it just it I saw this uh TikTok the other day that was like yeah this was like the fashion for like a hot minute because it was all very like optimistic about like the year 2000 we're going into like a new millennium it's all going to be futuristic and then to and then 9-11 happened and like burst everyone's bubble and that stopped being in fashion like that kind of optimistic isn't that so interesting yeah, I, I was like oh my god of course yeah it makes perfect sense why that was all the rage for like a hot second and then it just disappeared without a trace like um yeah yeah. totally yeah I don't know why I go on to that I think maybe because it's the yeah I think that I just I'm just sending you the picture video I just can see a lot of silver eyeshadow is what I'm thinking yeah so I'm just (laughs) I'm sending you an article that was on Grazia um and about this video because it's got lots of screenshots um from it (laughs) and um I just googled the video and it was like one of the first things that that came up and it was just like it's everything we imagine winter should be and you can see they're all like the screenshots it's like you say there's like that's like icy white yeah and then but then but then like tan big fur collars um almost Rachel's it's like very neutral yeah um and like there's some grays in there as well like snow and it's 
Yeah, this yeah. article is just like everything we wanted uh, winter to be, like the Yeti boots, the snowstorm, the ice, ice cold lip gloss, which yes. I definitely had. I um, definitely had, yeah. Frosted highlights like yes. chainmail like she had she had that um Rachel wore like a cowl neck chainmail top with like yeah. the tie back like do you remember that yeah oh man yeah oh my god oh, so good yes yes very good um okay yeah. so uh US number one is still Destiny's Child with Independent Women because that is a bop um, absolute banger yeah certified classic um december 12th finally uh, it's the <laughs> u.s presidential election bush Woo-hoo! versus gore um the u.s supreme court overturns the ruling by the florida supreme court ending the recount and effectively giving the state and the presidency to texas governor george w bush the following day, uh, US Vice President Al Gore concedes the election and suspends the activities of his recount uh, committee. Can't believe <sighs> he got elected. I know. Yeah, sad times. Anyway, yeah. and then again a few days later. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so the fifteenth uh, of December got the Emperor's New Groove was released. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Have you not? It is actually good. No. I have seen that now. I I saw it. I think a couple of years ago, and it was it was genuinely like it's funny. It's a funny film. It's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, fifteenth of December, um, the third and final reactor at Chernobyl um, nuclear power plant is shut down, and the station is shut down completely. God, that took a while. Yeah. I, I mean, we've all seen. The HBO show, like <laughs> I haven't. Pretty big. I haven't was it HBO? I don't think oh my it god, was. Eleanor, you haven't seen it. No, I ah, that has me thinking. Everybody saw it. Was it HBO? I can't I remember no what idea. channel it was remember. on. But it was so good. Honestly, like I, I had to like take a break of like several days between episodes to like recover because it's this just is so. Why I was like, <sighs> I just, I think when it came out. I just was not in the headspace where I was like, yeah, I want to immerse myself in that disaster. (laughs) Well, it's fascinating. It's a really fascinating story. Well, historical event, um, but so well acted and like told. And it's just, you feel like, oh God, it's just, it's just absolutely so good. Like Mm. the horror, the like everything about it is just so well done. Yeah. Um, and it really makes you think it really makes you think because it's all about like obviously the horror of what happened but also like the bureaucracy and everything that was going on to try and cover it up and like um that eastern europe at that time and the whole like the regimes going on mm. and oh man it's just it's just and you just feel so sorry for everyone involved like yeah. it's just yeah oh, i think man. it was just one of those things where like sometimes if i'm like just like uh, yeah sometimes I just can't it, I'm just not in the right headspace where I'm like I yeah I get dive it like when that. I when um it's a sin came out I was like 
I think I'd either just given birth or I was about to give birth. I was about to give birth. I was waiting to give birth. That's mm. it. And I knew I would really love it. Mm. And because I, I could just tell it was going to be a story that I just thought was amazing and devastating. But I was like, I am not in the frame of mind yeah, to be able to I deal with this right now. I've not seen that yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, that's um, good. That's yeah. amazing. I did actually manage you to watch that. It, yeah. And like sometimes, and I think the new series of, or the latest series of The Handmaid's Tale, I had to wait to watch that as well because I was like, I can't. I'm not. See, I get, again, like, I gave up on the handmade ta- like after season one. I was like, I can't do any more of this. Like, and I just oh, can't. it's very good. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's good. I just it it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I really I have a thing where I'm just like, I really do need the emotional energy to watch something yeah. depressing. Do you know what? I have this argument with Russ all the time because, oh, really? um, and Russ is my husband for those people because he just always wants to watch these like really good but like harrowing yeah well Liam's the same and I'm like I'm like I cannot deal mentally deal with that every day I cannot and so what we agreed what we kind of the compromise we came to is that we would have like a tv show a day that we like watch um, and like I've there's like one slot in the week where I will allow a harrowing one to be in and that's usually on a Monday for some reason because I'm like well Mondays can't get any worse so it must might as well put that in there because I don't want to watch that well I don't want to watch that kind of thing on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday you know what I mean I'm already dreading Monday enough so by the time you've got to Monday you're like well the worst has happened it's over so I might as well watch a show that's horrible um but then we always so we always have like a long show and then we have a short show if we've got time to watch it so if the harrowing show has been um that that uh, on that day the short show will always be like a really light like comedy so that I can go to bed having laughed you know what I mean because otherwise I'm like oh god (laughs) no we do a similar we always end the day of watching a sitcom like we'll have a sitcom that we're watching and we'll always end it on a sitcom there are two at the moment that we're watching is only fools uh, not only fools one foot in the grave which I've never watched before one foot in the grave um which is really good um and uh we're re-watching Frasier is is the other one so it's oh, Frasier, like, yeah 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 it's 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 yeah. funny it's gotta it? have a comedy but gotta yeah but yeah I just Russ if it was down to Russ he would watch that sort of thing every fucking day of the week and yeah, I'm like Liam, I cannot Liam's I just same. can't Liam's the same like absolutely yeah. would and for once he watch. actually really he really listened to me when I was like, because I was explaining to him, I was like, the science of giving birth is you need the happy hormones, you need the oxytocin, and you need to like be happy because that relaxes you, and then you'll go into labour. I was like, I cannot relax if I'm worrying about, you know, gay people dying from AIDS. That's not going to relax me. <laughs> that is not relaxing to me. <laughs> no. Oh, so yeah oh it's, um, but, but I did eventually like be like okay we can put that in now okay we can watch that now um and they are all really good but yeah only if you're in the right uh, that's it mind frame uh, I yeah if I'm just not feeling it then it's just like nah just watch it without me I'm fine <laughs> um, yeah moving on we've got uh 16th of December property yeah. appraiser Jerry Michael Williams is reported missing after going duck hunting at Lake Seminole and is assumed to have accidentally drowned. His wife, Denise, <gasps> is then convicted Not of his like murder. Not shot like Kerry in Neighbours. Well, his wife, what? Denise, is convicted of his murder 18 years later. 
I know. I was what, like, what shooting him. I de- shooting him or drowning him. Let me find out. Hang on a second. Because if it's shooting, that's well, Kerry from Neighbours famously shot in a <laughs> duck hunting accident, protesting the duck hunters. Um, Joe, uh, it was an accident though; it wasn't murder. Let's but and Joe have... Mangle definitely didn't shoot her. So they suspect she did kill him with a gun, is what I'm seeing. Basically, he went missing that day and it took 18 years for his wife to be convicted 18 years later. Uh, Yeah, really, really crazy. Um, Okay. uh, So the other thing I have is 18th of December, the British Film Institute publishes its list of the 100 greatest British television programmes of the 20th century compiled by a poll of industry professionals. Do you want to guess what what TV shows top the list? Wait, sorry, I wasn't listening. What's the list? <laughs> I know you're engaged in the process. You're ashamed. Really sorry, great. I was still thinking about the ducks. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so... <laughs> the, the top something. <laughs> so top, top British... The British what? Film Institute publishes its yeah. list of 100 greatest yeah, British television programmes of the 20th century. So I've got the top three here. Oh my God, I'm not going to remember this. 20th century... British British TV programs oh. of the twentieth century. What is it? What are they judging it based on? Like views? <laughs> I or don't. It's just, just compiled their by a poll whim? of industry professionals. Oh right, so it's just like decide their point of view. Okay, so it'll be like things that are like critically acclaimed. Uh, top three. That's so hard. I'm really bad at these questions. Ask Matt. He will know. Ask Matt. Spotlight. <laughs> Whenever they do like the top, you know, what was the top Oscar nominated films in 19 Dickety Two? I'm like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ask yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've literally got no idea. The only thing that I can think in my head, but I don't think it will be top three, is Queer as Folk. <laughs> Because I just think that was so good and groundbreaking. Yeah, it was. It's great, that show. But no, it's not. Um, no, I didn't so know. So number one is Faulty Towers. Oh, sure. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Number white two. White man yeah. is very white man. Yeah, like, great. Sure. <laughs> Angry at his wife. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two is Kathy Come Home. I don't even haven't heard of that. What is that? What have you not? Kathy Come Home was a show. I think it was just like a one-off. Um, like I don't know whether it counts as like a TV film or something. It's number one, like Kez or something ridiculous. No, so Kathy Come Home. Okay, so it's (laughs) classed as a television play. So it was. Oh my god, number one should be like Ghost World, because that was amazing. Oh my god, it is. Ghost World is amazing. Um, but uh, Is that the... what it was called? Ghost World? Go- Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch, that's what I mean. Ghost yeah, Wa- was you're it right. Ghost Watch? Not Ghost World's a film. Yeah, no, okay. No, Ghost, yeah. Ghost Watch. The, the one that was a... Sp- there was a yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, know the one you mean. Yeah, Michael yeah, that's Parkinson what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 that one. That we one should be that. number one. We watched that in uh, like a month ago. 
and it was like brilliant. I would, I'd never seen it before, and it was like just no. So, so we good. watched it. We watched it. God, Ed was up here staying with us for Comic Con. I think it was Halloween okay. one year, um, and we watched it then because Russ managed to get a copy. Um, and he was like, "I remember this really vividly being on TV, and it like scared the shit out of me for weeks." And I was like, "I don't remember this at all. Mm. I n- didn't watch it." And and we watched it, and me and Ed just thought it was so funny, but also like we could also see how back in the day people thought it would have been real even though yeah. today you watch yeah. it and you think that how did people think that yeah I said it's so well done it is so well done it's so brilliant and and apparently the creators of things like the Blair Witch Project do like credit that as a inspiration yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant for yeah it was really uh, and it's never been shown since like yeah, do you know TV, why though? Because it got do so you know many why? complaints. No, well, yes, but also because oh, there um, was a suicide, wasn't there? Yeah, like a boy. Yeah, there was a suicide. really high-profile suicide of a guy, a guy who wasn't very well, um, had mental health issues, but this. He, I think he mentioned it in his suicide note, or certainly his parents were like he had become like obsessed and not been able to sleep and I all this think stuff. What and, he put in yeah. his suicide note was something about if there's an afterlife, something, yeah. something yeah. like I, I, something yeah. like that. Like he, yeah. he mentioned the afterlife in his in his note. Yeah, but um, his parents were like he'd watch this show and like could think of nothing else after like, that. Uh, is that the show's fault? I don't think so. No, right. it absolutely isn't. And it's a shame because I do think that that and the, all, com- coupled with the weight of the complaints, like that's yeah. what prevented it from being available um, yeah. more readily. Um, yeah. But it's so good. So, it's so well done. It's but yeah. So- it was just anyway. too ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, Kathy Come Home um, was a 1966 BBC television play and it was uh, directed by Ken Loach and it was about homelessness. Oh, yeah. And Ken it was, Loach, of course. Um, it was, it basically tells the story of like uh, this young couple, Kathy and her husband, and they're sort of spiraling into sort of poverty and homelessness. And kind of put the okay. spotlight on how you know the in like it put the spotlight on how the institutions in the country at that time were failing people, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it it caused like such an uproar. Like the general public um, saw this this um, show, and basically um, there was like a publicity campaign, the charity crisis was formed and uh, like a year following the the film and the charity uh, the homeless charity shelter was launched a few days after wow. the broadcast so, so that, really that big impact yeah though apparently shelter that was just a coincidence like it it was oh. not connected to the like, program not because of that <laughs> no you were going to do it anyway uh. ken uh, ken loach <laughs> has apparently said yeah, I mean, it it did it did it did have an impact in terms of like housing policy was reformed like a it decade would have later. Shone um, a light on something that yeah. maybe not a lot of people had a lot of knowledge of, and yeah, therefore people advocate were really for. like shocked by what shocked. they saw. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, so what's number so one? Tell me. The number one was Faulty Towers. 
Oh, sorry. So, oh, I thought we were going in reverse order. No, oh, I wasn't. Okay, I all right. Number what's then, what's then, number three then? <laughs> <laughs> a big reveal. <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Oh, of course. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. All right. Doctor yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. So the uh, next thing I've got is 18th of December. Kirsty McCall dies at 41. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Boating now, accident, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, I didn't know a lot about her accident. I just knew that it was a boating accident. But basically, she was in Mexico with her two sons and her, like, partner. And they were, like, mm-hmm. in a um, restricted diving area. Um, mm-hmm. And they basically surfaced. They were in a group, like, diving. And then they surfaced from a dive when a powerboat moving at high speed entered the restricted area and the <sighs> boat was basically she she Kirsty McCall saw the boat coming before her sons did her um Lewis um one of her sons age 13 at the time was not in its path but Jamie who was age 15 was in its path and so she was able to push him out the way like she basically died pushing him out of the way, saving him. Yeah, of 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 the the boat, and she died instantly. Oh, um, that's so sad. And the power boat. What also I didn't know. The power boat was like I say, it was in an area it shouldn't have been in, traveling at mm. a speed that it shouldn't have been traveling at, Going and it at. was yeah. owned by a multi millionaire president of like a supermarket Mexican supermarket chain and right. basically who was on board with members of his family and basically it sounds like what happened is that they paid a boat hand to say that he was in control of the boat at the time and to take the blame for it and basically he I don't even think he went to prison he was mm. he was allowed to pay like a fine to to get off of going to prison so yeah it, it sounds like it was properly because eyewitnesses were like that guy was not driving the boat at the time driving the boat yeah yeah so it was just complete <gasps> that's horrible just no justice there no justice um, really really poor, super sad poor. which I had no idea about all of that no that's really sad yeah and then 22nd of December Madonna marries film director Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie oh <laughs> yeah okay good um, becomes British for yeah, a time for, for, for a brief period uh guests included Gwyneth Paltrow Stella McCartney yes. Sting yes, yes, George Clooney John Bon Jovi I've been reading about all of that in Heat magazine Celine Dion Brian Adams Rupert Everett Celine Dion was there I didn't yeah. know that good old Celine uh 20 also 22nd of December Miss Congeniality and Oh Brother Where Art Thou are released what a double bill. Yeah, I love Oh Brother Art, aren't I? I love that film. Oh, I love Oh Brother Art, aren't I? I love Oh Brother Art, aren't I? It's what You forgot about consonants there for a second, Helen. Oh, I love Oh Brother Art, aren't I? You sound like Riley. 
scared, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, the Christmas number one for this year, mm. for the 2000, was Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Yes. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Morrissey. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, 31st of December, the Millennium Dome closes as planned after one year of being the Millennium Dome. A pointless monument. <laughs> Pointless exhibition. Yeah, well done. And then it became a corporate concert venue. Yeah, the O2 venue. Yes. There you go. Yes. Boom. Oh, what stuff. a year we had. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, now I can rest. Bring on 2001. Nothing bad can happen then. <laughs> it's all plain sailing oh dear. from here. Yeah. It's not the beginning of the end at all. Not at all. It's fine. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah, 2000 was maybe the last optimistic year we I ever know, had in society. I know. This is it. <laughs> this is the sad thing. S Club 7 really had, you know, their hearts on their sleeve. Never at that had moment. a dream they spoke, come true. They spoke, they spoke for the it world. Wasn't going to. <laughs> no. Um, okay. All right. So, let's, uh, I think we've been babbling on long enough about yeah. events in society let's crack on with events in the McBeal verse um because it may be the new year for us but it's still christmas there um because this is the christmas party episode whoop 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 um however first things first before we get to the party Vonda is singing it came upon the midnight clear a classic cowl um, as we pan over night shots of Boston and uh, John is gathering up wrapping paper in his office late at night presumably to to wrap some presents I guess um, where Nell has come to pay him a visit uh, to share a problem the problem is her dad um, he has been fired and he wants to sue for wrongful termination and she says it's going to be a really tough case um, and John's basically the only one she thinks has got a chance of winning it and John's like, well, why Why was he fired? And Nell says, he believes he's Santa Claus. And I was like, oh my God, this explains everything <laughs> about Nell. <laughs> um, but John was like, oh, right. Um, but then he says, well, well, what was his job? And Nell's like, well, he used to be a lawyer, but he retired at 65 and he began teaching. And it's his life um, if, if he can't teach. And then she sort of, trails off and John says well wouldn't it behoove him to just stop saying he's Santa <laughs> and Nell's like well yes but the problem is he really thinks he is and Nell wants to bring an injunction um bring in an injunction first thing but she asks if John will meet with him and John's like uh sure and straight away um Nell's dad uh, Nell kind of asked her dad to come in he's there um, and and he walks in to like this twinkly music in full Santa regalia looking like the most Santa-y Santa that ever Santa'd um, and John bless him just looks completely enchanted by this and it shakes his hand and it's like hello Mr Claus and you know really going along with this you know Humoring thought that, that this guy has um and he's like oh um please just call me chris <laughs> um and john just looks at nell and nell looks at the ground like she just wants it to swallow her up like she just looks really embarrassed but and yeah. sad about the whole thing um and then we go to titles yes um yeah so nell claws <laughs> 
spin-off. Nell claws. The Nell claws. Nell claws. <laughs> yes. The next day, um, panning over the morning skies of Boston, Vonda is singing um, another Christmas song, Christmas Day by the Beach Boys. Um, and we head into the weekly meeting. And whilst everyone is sitting around eating Christmas cake, um, Richard is reminding everyone that the Christmas party is tonight and that everyone's presence is, of course, required. And I was like, Richard, we wouldn't miss it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Nell isn't at the meeting and Richard notices and he asks where she's got to and John covers for her saying that she's working on a new case and is just like, move on. Um, and so Richard is like, well, obviously with the party because of last year's nightmare, the tradition where everyone sings something is going to change. And Mark's like, well, what happened last year? And Richard just goes, Ali sang. <laughs> and he says, all songs must now be cleared in advance. And Ali is just like, hey, I was good. <laughs> But we don't have time to deal with Ali's singing esteem issues because Elaine comes in to announce that Nell is asking for John urgently. Um, So John puts down his cake mid-bite and comes running. (laughs) And the urgency is because um, Nell's dad is in John's office and he's wearing his Santa garb. um, And John is like, "Uh, excuse me, I thought we said to you, not to wear this <laughs> yes and um Nell's dad is like well why should I deny who I am I'm no lawyer and John's like patiently is like look you have been discharged for being delusional if you walk into the courtroom dressed like this the judge is going to immediately think you are in fact delusional <laughs> and then he's like as your lawyer I'm asking you to adhere to courtroom decorum and put on a coat and tie um, and Nell asks her dad to wait outside um, while she just has a chat with John. And um, once he leaves, John is like, are you sure it's not Alzheimer's? And Nell's like, well, the doctor says it isn't. He says it's some kind of like weird schizophrenia. Um, she says this sort of thing also happened last year. John says, are we really doing them any favours with this lawsuit? But Nell is defensive and she's like, look, he happens to be a really great teacher and it's the only thing that he lives for since my stepmother died. And John's like, what, you mean he doesn't live for you? And Nell's like, oh yes, but the truth is he's probably closer to his little second graders than me. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. I know. Um, And John thinks and then he says, does he really think he's Santa Claus? And I was like, yep, apparently so. So um, now let us go and check in on everyone's fave couple, Larry and Ali. Um, <laughs> they are in Larry's office and it's basically like Christmas came and threw up in there. Like <laughs> yeah. Larry, I mean, it's really like OTT. Garish. Every surface is like covered with some kind of Christmas decor um and larry's defending it saying that it was ali who told him to decorate and ali is like yeah i know but this is a little much and as if to say you ain't seen nothing yet larry presses a remote and all the shades go down and the christmas lights and the figurines all turn on and start moving and then we hear ho 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 we are santa's elves and that starts playing and then there's like a motorized santa sleigh with a reindeer like flies across the room and like light projections are twirling snowflakes across the walls and then Larry starts sort of maneuvering Ali into a certain position and he presses another remote button and suddenly there's this spotlight 
on Ali and the jolly noises stop and there's like decorative piano um, starts up and then there's this like lit up mistletoe garland like starts descending from the ceiling <laughs> automatically <laughs> and Ali thinks this is all very charming and it's like oh is this when you kiss me and Larry's like oh huh obviously this has happened before and then he like approaches her and they're having a really nice kiss it's all very cute but then Famke Jansen of Jean Grey, X-Men, Nip Tuck fame walks yes. in and interrupts. Um, and what's funny is that as she opens the door, there's like this like choir of angels, like sound effect with like <laughs> white backlit. Like she's like, ah. um, and Larry is so shocked that he presses his remote and the previous like jolly Santa's elves music comes on and all the Christmas stuff starts clashing and dancing again. Um, and then Ali, Ali like reaches for the remote and turns it all off. Um, but we quickly find out that through um, Larry's like very nervous and awkward introductions that this is Jamie. She's an old girlfriend. And Jamie correctly deduces that Ali must be the new girlfriend. And Larry's like, well, what are you doing in town, Jamie? And Jamie's like, well, I'm here for a deposition and I'm just flying back home tonight. I just thought I'd surprise you. And it seems I accomplished that. And Ali's trying to be nice and she finds out um, through just making small talk that Jamie's from Detroit and that's when Ali realises that that means she's Sam's mum and she like looks at Larry like pointedly like oh Detroit eh yes. um, and then she's like oh she's heard a lot about she says oh I've heard a lot about you and Jamie's like or oh, likewise and Ali's like oh you have like pretend shocked and Jamie's like oh yeah he loves you and Larry's like Jamie and Jamie's oh. like oh have you not told her and Larry's like, well, gee, no, I was going to let you break it. And Ali is like really taken aback. And whilst Jamie's like, oh, do you two have time for coffee? Ali's still like processing what's just mm. happened. So she's, she's just like, oh, no, um, I, I really should go back to the office. Um, but, but you two should go. Um, and Ali and Larry like kiss goodbye. And then she's like, nice to meet you, Jamie. Uh, bye. And then she kisses Larry again. And then she's like, yeah, bye. Bye. But she like not doesn't actually like move to like leave. <laughs> and then she then she realizes that she needs to actually walk to like leave. And she starts to walk off. And then Larry grabs her and kisses her again. And then Ali kind of leaves. But then she looks back over her shoulder one last time before she goes. And like, you know, three years later, once she's actually left, <laughs> Jamie is like, Oh, well, she seems really sweet. And then she then she just goes to Larry, Are you happy? But we don't get to hear the answer because we cut straight to Renee's office where Renee is uh, telling Ali off for leaving them there together. And Ali's like, well, what was I supposed to do? And Renee's like, put that bitch back on a plane to Detroit. <laughs> like, you don't leave exes in the same room together, Ali. Why is she even here? And Ali's like, she's here on business. And Renee says, well, what does she look like? And Ali's like, really beautiful and Renee's like that's it I'm going over there and Ali's like no 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 but Renee stands firm saying that there is nothing hotter than making love making love to someone <laughs> you're not supposed to be making love to ex-boyfriends ex-girlfriends especially ones from out of town especially during the holidays um, and then she says, he's got a window. He can say it's before you and he got serious. He can say it's before you and he slept together. She's like, I know men. Why do you think I'm not with one? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, yep, sexuality really is not a choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Ali um, walks like menacingly up to Renee, grabs her ear and just hisses at her. She is in town on business. She dropped over to say, hello, you will not go there. And Renee's like, well, all right, but what if he goes there? And that sets off the well-worn cogs in Ali's mind um, and I have to say I'm experiencing a rare moment of annoyance at Renee here because in my opinion you can't stop people from transgressing if they want to mm. and even if you could do you really want to be with someone who only didn't cheat because you your stopped best friend them. stopped yeah. it like I think Ali's actually she may have been acting like on instinct, but she is on the right side here. Like you yeah. do have to trust them. Like otherwise, what is there? Yeah. And I'm kind of annoyed that Renee just kept putting this thought in her head. Yeah, I, I think I was actually quite proud of Ali, like because she yeah. was the one keeping a level head when it was like Renee going off on like paranoid. Yeah, totally. And, it was and, really out of character, yeah. I thought. Well, I mean... I don't think it's out of character for Renee to mistrust men. Like, I do think Renee does mistrust um, most men. So I don't think that's necessarily out of character. But I think the whole kind of, let's go over there, let's break them up, let's... Let's stop it from happening. Like, you can't... Like, so that nothing happens. It's just like, well, then, yeah, what's the point in, in any of this? It, like yeah like you say you can't babysit someone 24 like, 7 yeah and if they're gonna cheat they're gonna to? cheat like that's not no. a relationship that's no that's something that's a very job. odd <laughs> that no one should be involved in <laughs> no <laughs> um so i yeah, agree like i was i was proud of of ali of like refusing to get like pulled into that kind of yeah. mentality yeah over in the courthouse, um, John is underway, like making his case for Nell's dad. And he's saying, um, so even if he is a bit delusional, so what? It doesn't interfere <laughs> with his ability to do the work. But the opposing counsel is like, but he thinks he's Santa. And John's like, well, I would submit it might be nice if more teachers think that they're St. Nicholas instead of, say, Joan Crawford. And I'm like, is this like a reference I don't get to like a news story that was I happening at the know. time or something? Because... I mean, where, where did Joan Crawford come from? I don't like, know. I don't get it. Anyway, the judge, but the judge just goes, the Santa Claus. And I was like, why does that make a difference? Like, delusionally <laughs> speaking. Like, the Santa, a pretend Santa. Like, the fact that he thinks he's any Santa is surely the issue here. But anyway, um, John's like, Your Honour, I, be- I may believe I am Barry White, but that doesn't render me less capable as an attorney. But the opposing counsel makes the point that people trust Mr. Porter with their kids and the school has a responsibility to keep them safe. But John counters that since he doesn't act in a way that's detrimental to the children, that there shouldn't be a problem. But the judge is still stuck on which Santa he thinks he is because he's like, the one from the North Pole? And John's like, do you know of another one? Why are you getting stuck on this? This is not the point. (laughs) But the judge doesn't really like this sass from John because he's like, Mr. Cage, I am not one of those judges you can get snappish with. And John's like, well, it would be different if he thought he was the Easter Bunny. Um, 
but then John's like, at a minimum, can we have an evidentiary hearing to see if he poses a risk even before we snatch away his livelihood at the holidays? And the judge is like, starts to like argue, but um, John cuts over him and is like, look, I'm asking for one lousy hearing. He'll bring you a toy. And at this point, (laughs) the judge is like, okay, fine, 2 p.m. So... John, Nell and her dad are walking back from the courthouse as Vonda is singing Here Comes Santa Claus, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> it's like they're walking along and it's like, here, here comes Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Here comes um, Santa and they walk past Ali, who doesn't see them at first, but John sees her, though, and says hi. And Nell is like, oh, hi, Ali, this is my dad. Um, come, dad, hi. come and look at the nearest <laughs> shop window. Because she's like being really weird because she doesn't want Ali to get to know her dad. Um, and Ali notices and is like, what the hell is that about but John's like oh don't worry um and he sort of changes the subject and he's like where are you off to and Ali says that she's on her way to see Larry but she keeps turning back and that's when she shares with John that his ex-girlfriend the mother of his child is in town for the day and then she's like big deal they're old news right so I should just like be cool with it right so she wants to know if John thinks she should be like bothered by her coming into town to say hi um and John's like she's in town for one day and they're alone? And Ali's like, yes. And John's like, oh, well. And he shrugs. He's like, I'm sure it's fine. And Ali's like, well, no, obviously you're not sure. And John's like, are you guys serious? And Ali's like, "Ah, very. (laughs) (laughs) And John then asks if they've been quote unquote biblical and that is when Ali snaps because she's like why is that so damn important to everyone can't two people be serious without the damn bible and John who has been holding up his briefcase in front of his face to protect from Ali's ranting lowers it and is like I'm sure it's very innocent but the damage is already done and he's put doubts in Ali's mind and she's like never mind and she walks off past some carol singers singing Old Lang Syne which is exactly the line that you were trying to sing earlier because they sing should old acquaintance be forgot and at that Ali turns back and just shoves one of them <laughs> really hard to like the other side of the street and this is my objection <laughs> because I'm like hang on this is also my objection. <laughs> you cannot take out your intimacy woes on I innocent carolers. Don't like, that is carolers cool. who have done literally nothing to you, Ali. Half of them are raising money for charity. The other half are just trying to spread some festive cheer. Like, Ali, fuck off. You're a menace. You're a menace to the streets of Boston and you need to be restrained. You need, yeah, exactly. Um, Anger management at the very least. uh, It doesn't help that, like, in the next scene, we have Ling, like, immediately, like, shoving some papers violently at some, like, office minion. Like, Oh, I didn't see that one. Did you not? Like, I, I was just like, we have Ali shoving carolers and then you have Ling, like, literally shoving papers at like some oh, poor office no. minion like and it's just like poor can we minion. just call it people like it's the damn season can we give it a rest like yeah. calm down <laughs> poor poor guys well yeah so back at Cajun Fish Ling as well as shoving things at random minions um, <laughs> Ling is trying to talk Richard into singing with her at the party because she's tired of everyone performing at Christmas parties and no attention coming to them and Richard's like 
he, he reminds her of why this is. Um, and he's like, um, coffee bean, we have no talent. <laughs> but this doesn't phase Ling because she's like, so what? Whenever you see performers on TV, they're lip syncing. We can do that. And Richard is unconvinced. But Ling's like, look, your senior partner, I am the first lady. We should hog the spotlight. I'm like, what is this plan? Surely. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over with Mark and Elaine on the other side of the office, Mark is trying to patch things up with her after she dropped him um, last episode um, because he was clearly still into Cindy and was rude about her being damn sexy um, with the vibra. Um, so Mark's trying to convince Elaine that he isn't on the rebound and that he enjoys her company and he wants her to go to the party with him. And she's like, well, how do I know you won't be ashamed to be seen with me in all my promiscuity? And he's like, <laughs> I won't. And I was like, try harder. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Douche. <laughs> no. And she's like, well, what if I wear my vibra? And Mark warily asks if she was planning to and she then brings out to show the holiday adjustments that she's made which are now that when you turn it on it plays jingle bells and it moves up and down uh, why elaine I'm why just like, with all the love in the world elaine can you like give Stop. it up with the vibe this is this is not the invention to be focusing on no. improving like yeah, it's never like, gonna be good anything else it makes your chest look really fucking weird i can always tell when she's about to bring it out Press a button. because because <laughs> it's just like you can tell what it, it you're you're you look like a cyborg like robot chest like it's really weird yeah it's like the uh what are the girls from austin powers like the robo oh yeah like the with yeah, the guns yeah like it totally does look like that and it's just it's yeah not good but then um mark also just looks speechless but not in a good way um <laughs> but i was a bit like mark if you can't take elaine at her vibe bra then you don't deserve her at her face bra <laughs> <laughs> that's very true that's very true it's very true yeah very true um so Ali is on the floor in her office while all this is going on, emptying a document box when Larry arrives in a Santa hat to see her. And he's like, oh, was Jamie's visit weird? And Ali's like, uh, was it for you? And he's like, oh, a little, but thanks for being such a good sport about it. And Ali is, just says, oh, well, she seems nice. And then Larry shares that he has invited Jamie to the party because her flight doesn't leave until midnight. And he's like, is that okay? And I was like, Larry, check first, then ask. Yes. Like, don't just ask. <laughs> <laughs> but when he says, it, is that okay? Um, there's this gif moment of Ali grabbing and throwing Larry out of the office window, window <laughs> and his Santa hat's <laughs> flying off as he sails to the floor. And there's like this sound effect of him splattering to the ground. But... In real life, she's just like, sure. And Larry's like, if you're at all uncomfortable, I can tell her no. And Ali gets up from the floor and is like, no, I'm I'm really okay with it. Um, but no dancing with her. And Larry's like, deal. And then Ali checks that she's not here because she heard that you had a new girlfriend and suddenly got jealous, is she? And Larry's like, no, Ali, she dumped me. So I don't think she'd be jealous. And Ali <laughs> turns away from Larry like, huh. Okay, and Larry's like, is that not the answer you were looking for? <laughs> it's like, no, Larry, thanks for making a bad situation worse. Well done. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So, back in court, we're at the evidentiary hearing, and John has called the principal of the school that Nell's dad worked at. Um, he's called them in for questioning, and he is saying 
Um, let me repeat, he has been a wonderful teacher. We all adore him, but he is delusional. Am I supposed to wait for something tragic to happen before I remove him? And John's like, well, what are you afraid of? That he's going to ride his sleigh through a red light? And the principal's like, I have a responsibility to make sure my teachers are stable. And John's like, well, assuming anyone is stable, um, has he exhibited any detrimental behavior that would suggest otherwise? But the principal cuts in. It's like, he thinks he's Santa from the North Pole. But there have been no incidents yet, he admits. So as John is saying he has no further questions, a toy train suddenly arrives going choo-choo and zooming through (laughs) John's legs and like crashing into the witness stand. Cut to John telling off Mr. Porter in the kind of anteroom off of the courtroom saying it is difficult enough to prevail without a choo-choo train running between my legs. <laughs> and then he kind of thumps the train on the desk and it goes, which made me laugh. <laughs> Nell is also in the room and she's like, are you trying to lose this case, daddy? And her dad says well I thought if I could keep the Christmas spirit alive it would better our chances and John brings him right back down to earth saying it is a court of law that is a judge and the Christmas spirit does not live in that room what we need is sanity here and for you to seem reasonable can you do that and Mr Porter just sort of toots the horn of his train and John's like really stern and he's like listen to me if this is a game it's time to call it off. So, yeah, it's uh, things not, not, not going well. Struggling to get Mr. Porter to see the seriousness of the situation. Yes. Um, yes. Back in the court and uh, the hearing has reconvened and a doctor is now on the stand saying that it isn't a game and that Mr. Porter's behaviour, they think, is a disorder called schizophreniform. Although um, he says the condition doesn't quite fit perfectly the symptoms, but schizophreniform is basically like schizophrenia where you have delusions, but the duration of them is much shorter. And at this, like, I'd never heard of this disorder no. before. It's a real one. Um, and I was like, are we sure Ali doesn't have this? Because this sounds a lot like what she does. No? Um, oh yeah potentially but apparently uh, Mr Porter suffered these problems about a year ago um, and it could be possible that with the holidays his depression's resurfacing because his wife died two years ago around this time um, and the doctor does confirm though that other than this disorder Mr Porter is an otherwise kind of functional person and John asks if this disorder causes him to behave in a way that could be harmful to children. And the doctor's like, no, um, actually, you know, his symptoms seem to be generosity, charity, kindness, and being even more loving. And then the opposing counsel gets their chance to cross-examine and they confirm that this disorder is actually quite inexact and hard to predict because they don't know much about the course of it, like how it can progress. Um, And the doctor admits that that's that's true. Um, And John objects though, because he's like, counsel is asking a series of questions designed to derive responses that are detriment to my client's case. It is really inappropriate. And the judge just points at John to sit down and he's like, fine, withdrawn. Um, and then the opposing counsel continue, continues and asks about um, Mr. Porter's experience of this disorder last year. And the doctor says, well, last year it was much less pronounced. Like he would have waves of thinking he was Santa, but they only ha- were like episodes that lasted about 10 to 15 seconds. 
And the opposing counsel's like, so it's getting worse then. Has he suffered any other delusions since you've been treating him? And the doctor was like, uh, well, there was one day in July where he thought he was Alvin, the chipmunk. <laughs> and like now has a really like funny look on her face. Like she's like, like she, it was, it's news to her, but she's also like quite touched by it, like emotional about it. Um, but John just like closes his eyes like, oh, for God's sake, this is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Cajun Fish, Ling is in Ali's office. Um, so she can ask what, um, so that Ali can ask Ling what she thinks about Jamie turning up. And Ling agrees with Renee that it's like a disaster and there's nothing more appetizing to a man than his old girlfriend. And Ali says again that she trusts Larry and that she's definitely not jealous, but she's also opening a letter with a letter opener, like it's a samurai sword at the same time. (laughs) I am definitely not jealous. Um, (laughs) And then a knock at the door and Jamie arrives um, and Ling stands up and Ali in her surprise starts like swishing around the letter opener like she's Peter Pan fighting Captain Hook <laughs> as she introduces the two of them. She's like, Ling, this is Jamie, Jamie, Ling, like swishing it around. Um, and Ling just narrows her eyes and growls at her and Ali hurries this like reluctant and growling Ling out. Um, and Jamie has come here basically to check if it's really okay with Ali if she comes to the party. And Ali's like, oh, sure, it'll be fun. It'll be really nice to get to know the mother of his child. Um, and then Jamie just like decides to come right out and asks if she thinks if her and Larry will get married, like Ali and Larry. Um, and I was like, back off, lady, excuse me. Yeah, I know, it's really <laughs> and- intrusive, isn't it? Ali is really wrong-footed by this and she, she doesn't seem to realise that she doesn't have to answer that question. Yeah. She just starts going, oh, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I don't know. We, we just sort of started, started, and Jamie's like sleeping together and Ali's like, no, no, no. And then she's like, just takes a breath and like writes herself and is like, I think it would be okay if you came to the party. It would be great. Um, and so the next scene, Ali's gone to Larry, who is, who fashion moment is wearing a fetching like Burberry style check jacket with yeah. like a little Santa popping out of the pocket and yeah. I was like I'm enjoying this like fashion forward Larry yeah. like more of this please <laughs> um so anyway she's gone to him to rant about Jamie's ambush saying like it's insane old girlfriends don't just pop up for depositions only to get invited to Christmas parties she was asking if we were getting married that's pretty personal and Larry nods and Ali keeps going saying well now I think her agenda is to get you back which is fine she has that right I tried to steal a few old boyfriends back myself I know the game she's free to play it but I would be an idiot to welcome back her welcome her back into my playing field and she is cute with a good figure now how many women do you know that have a baby and then still have a body like that you don't just snap back into shape unless you have a mission well if her mission is you it is not going to be accomplished at my office party and she is really really sweet which actually threatens me most of all because I know that I'm 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 not and all through this rant, Larry's been trying to like get a word in edgeways and failing. And at this point, he just puts his finger to her lips to shut her up. And he says, he's going to call Jamie right now and tell her not to come. And Ali is like, wait, you have her number? And Larry's like, oh yeah, she left me her cell phone number. And Ali reaches for the phone to stop him. And it's like, no, I, I feel foolish. Um, I'm okay with her coming. Like, it wouldn't be the same without her. Um, but she says, can you just stay close to me? <laughs> I just think, like, I 
really like that Ali went straight to Larry and just told him like everything that she oh, was yeah. thinking like no matter how like cause it did make her look neurotic and he was just like I'll just tell her not to come like yeah. it feels like the healthiest relationship Ali's been in totally and totally. I, I also agree with her like in terms of like yeah, Jamie is ever since she turned up and was like, Oh, you slept together, you getting married? Like, it's yeah, just like, up until Yeah, until that point, I yeah. was like, She seems quite nice, but then I was like, Oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> why suspect. are you asking those questions? Yeah, you're, like, you're, yeah, you are definitely up to something. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just love that you know, Larry was willing to just be like, I'll call her and I'll tell her she can't come. Like, yeah, like, no big deal. Yeah, like, I like that, I like it, yeah. I also find it very funny that, sorry, (laughs) I also find it very funny that she was like, wait, you have her number? And it's like, well, she is the mother of his child. The mother of his, I thought that was funny. I was like, that should be be like a basic thing. (laughs) I think so. But then he's like, oh yeah, she just left me her cell number. Like he hadn't had it before this point. And I'm like, why not? Like she's the mother of your child. You should be in communication all the time good good <laughs> like, contact like that yes. should be a basic thing uh just yeah. so fucking typical of dads that walk away to be like oh well i guess i don't have to worry about that anymore yeah. you know I mean? I'll, <laughs> I'll check in once a week on the landline i'm sure it's fine <laughs> <So> stupid <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, back over in Santa Town, John and Nell and her dad are on a break between proceedings and they're kind of filing into this ante room at the courthouse. And John is saying um, that the judge says that they can just um, give some brief testimony statements and then he's going to be able to rule and that they can keep going and finish up tonight, which uh, Mr. Porter's all for. But Nell and John realise that that means that they're going to miss the Christmas party to see it through. However, they both agree that neither of them really mind because Nell's like, I don't exactly feel like celebrating. Um, And then John asks Mr. Claus a couple of questions in preparation for his testimony. Um, He's like, as it's December the 11th, um, have you started making the toys? And Henderson's like, are you nuts? I'm retired. And John's like, so who makes all the presents? Um, And Mr. Porter's like, duh, toys are us. And he's like, the parents (laughs) buy them now and take care of all the distribution. <laughs> Such a good! Oh my god, that's honestly one of my top ten like Adverse. ad jingles of all time. Like it's so it's like, so magical place. Very, like, on our way there, toys in a million or under one roof. It's called Toys R Us. And like that bit where she's like, "There's millions," said Jeffrey, under one roof. It's called Toys R Us. Toys R Us. It's just like how earnest they are yeah, about Jeffrey so, screaming there's so millions. Climactic. <laughs> like there's so, it's such a There's, there's millions a, and Jeffrey <laughs> are <laughs> like, it's, so, it's like For anyone that can't really see me, I literally just grabbed it. my mic like I was in a recording <laughs> studio. They are truly like singing it from their chest like they are really throwing in all that emotion um it's super uh, it's got that real it. it's got real <laughs> whoa body form energy yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> it's great it's so uh, oh. soulful 
so good. Like they should have released it as a single. Oh man. Anyway, right. Okay. So there is millions, said Jeffrey, all under one roof. Um, and it's taking care of all the distribution for Mr. Porter, aka Santa. Um, so he's saying he was basically pushed into forced retirement. And John's like, so you don't you don't really count anymore. But Mr. Porter's like, of course I count. I'm something to believe in. Flying reindeer, stocking stuffed on the mantelpiece, the magic and the fantasy of it all. At these times, they need me more than ever. So now it's the part of the episode we've all been waiting for. The Christmas party Woo! is kicking off. Renee. And Renee. And how fucking great oh. does Renee look? How, like, well, do, you, do a fashion moment. Yeah, fashion, fashion moment. moment. Red dress. Gorgeous. <laughs> Is that all you have to say? Red dress. <laughs> well, I noticed that it was, it's almost, so it's, it's, I don't know what, it looked kind of velvety, the fabric, but it's like tassely in the yeah, same way it's got that, tassels on it. like, you know, like old westerns and the, the women that were at the bars, like the old western, like, yes, matron, yes, know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. at all the bar. Kind of around like the bus, like where, yeah, 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 yeah. and all like drapey and like, Tassily, but then she also has like a choker with a red rose around yeah, her neck, which yeah. gives that vibe, like these like old colonial vibes as well. Um, but yeah, she's basically, I mean, it just shows off like all her curves. Yeah, it it's, so good. It, she looks um, amazing. Yeah, and she's singing a song called um, Turn Back, O Man, which is from Godspell, um, the musical. And I was like, this is not a Christmas song, which I'm sad about, but yes. never mind. <laughs> but the crowd is really enjoying it and Larry is enjoying it and he just goes to Ali that woman is all sex isn't she and I was like yes Larry yes she is <laughs> you've only just noticed yes um, and Ali's like and more and <laughs> and Jamie then lets everyone know that it's from Godspell and she shares that she and Larry did Godspell together in college um and that larry played jesus and jamie's like and i would call him that at home too after the second coming and elena's like (laughs) (laughs) i think that's hilarious and larry's like jamie because ali's obviously looking really awkward at this like sex joke that jamie's dropped and jamie's like oh sorry i forgot and i was like sure pal did you? Did you did forget? You forget? Yeah. Mm, don't mm. believe you. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's playing like you know um, that old, uh, the oldest ex trick in the book. The, oh yeah. Uh, you know, remind them when. of when we had sex. Remember yeah. when game? Like it's, yeah. it's that old chestnut. Yeah. So back in the courtroom, John's called Mr. Porter to the stand for his testimony. Um, And when the clerk asks Mr. Porter to say his name, he's like, "Uh, Santa Claus. And (laughs) he lives, and he says that he lives in Wellesley, Massachusetts. And John is like, are you employed currently? And uh, Mr. Porter's like, I am not. And that was what this whole business is about. Um, He says, I used to be a teacher until they fired me. And before that, I was a lawyer. And then John tries the tack of like trying to pick holes in the logic of being Santa um, to kind of demonstrate that he's being reasonable about this. So it's a bit like when Ling did with that kid who was yes. supposedly traumatized when that news anchor told everyone that there Santa isn't no real. Santa, yeah. I was like, to be honest, they probably could have just used the same notes from that case here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but John is like, well, when you were a practicing attorney, when did you have time to make all the presents for all the children in the world? And Mr. Porter, without missing a beat, is like in my sleep. 
And he's like, I know it sounds fantastical, but that's exactly what it was. I would be transported in my sleep to another world, a world with elves and workshops and reindeer. And we start to get this like twinkly music over his story and like close-ups of Nell and John and the judge like hanging on his every word. And he says, it was not in this reality, but one night every year on Christmas Eve, the two worlds would meet and I would give the toys I had made in that world to the children who lived in this one. And John, like trying to make sense of this, is like, so when you're a school teacher, you're in this world. And Mr. Porter's like, oh, very much so. And John says, and this magical world, the one that you go to in your sleep, um, you go, you sorry, the, this magical world, you go to that one in your sleep. Um, and then Mr. Porter says, well, I don't go to that world so much anymore because I'm retired. Um, and so basically John's kind of demonstrated that logic is not going to work here at all. Like we just have to kind of go with the fact that this is what he thinks. Um, but then the opposing counsel questions him and asks if he tells his second graders that he's Santa. And Mr. Porter's like, yeah. And um, the, the the counsel says, oh, well, what do, how, what do they say? And he said, well, most most children respond by asking for toys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the opposing counsel is like, oh, yes, that's right. As Santa, you have to keep track of what all the kids all over the world, you know, what they want. And then he's like, do you know if, if I have kids, you know, as Santa, I, w- I would expect you to know if I have kids. Um, and again, Mr. Porter, without so much as like a blink, says, yeah. Um, you've you've got three kids and the lawyer's like well actually I have four sorry you lose sir good day and Mr. Porter's like oh I was forgetting the baby I remember Tommy Wayne and Sarah but I forgot the baby oh you'd think with a name like Nicholas I'd remember that's why it's best that I'm retired and everyone just looks a bit freaked out especially the, the lawyer, lawyer <laughs> like the opposing counsel because he's like uh do you do you know what my kids want for Christmas and Mr Porter's like well the list is endless and diverse but they're like no tell me one thing that they want and he's like well what they want is to spend more time with their father and I'm like that's like the most generic answer to be honest it's like when it's like when um you go and see like a tarot reader and they give you like a really generic and you're like oh my god you're speaking to me like, yes, it's like yeah. every kid wants to spend more time with their parents but anyway the judge is now getting in on it and he asks if Mr. Porter knows if he has kids and Mr. Porter's like yeah you have one your honour a teenager he doesn't like you <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um, but then the opposing counsel kind of gets their shit together and argues that he must have like looked up their bios or something, or it's one of like John's tricks, um, which John objects to. Um, and then uh, the opposing counsel asks Mr. Porter what he tells children when they ask what day it is. And Mr. Porter's like, I tell them it's Christmas every day. And the lawyer is like, well, is it Christmas today, sir, on December the 11th? And Mr. Porter says, well, that depends on whether you're willing to consider the needs of children or whether you're willing to remember the weak and the loneliness of people who are growing old, whether you're willing to stop asking yourself how much your friends love you and ask whether you love them enough. Then you may keep Christmas every day. And the opposing counsel is like, I've got nothing nothing. to say to that. I don't know what to say. I got nothing. So, yeah. Back at the Christmas party, Elaine has wanna, finally got the... Just hang on a second. Oh, so sorry. what yeah. is the show saying? That he is Santa Claus? Like, what? Well, what is wait till you here? get to... 
Wait till you get to John's closing <laughs> argument, Eleanor, because I think you'll find that's exactly what the show is saying. I mean, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? I know. How did he know about their kids, eh? I know. I'm like, what? What, what the what? Okay. Sorry, what I just want to yeah. take a moment to be like, what? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I have to do that all the time with this show. <laughs> Like, Ali saw a unicorn. I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, carry on. I remember what universe we're in now. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> back at the Christmas party, Elaine has finally got the festive cheering gear. And again, fashion moment, she's wearing this, like, diagonally printed, like, zebra stripes, long sleeve, slinky dress with mm. red flowers along one side. And she just looks really... Um, and she's uh, she's also got like like wet look um, yeah like, not wet look like PC type hair like gelled it's down but it's like PC I don't know how else to, de- I, it, to describe it, it. yeah it, it's kind of like they used to do that a lot in the, the 2000s yeah just very uh, like yeah, I, I don't... Separated, I'm, like yeah. clumps of... I'm making... I'm not making it sound very good and I probably wouldn't do my hair like that myself today because I don't think it looks great in today's context. But in the 2000s, it was very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so Elaine looks great is the takeaway. Um, and then she's singing Rocking Around the Christmas Tree um, and Mark and Jamie are having a dance and Ali and Larry are watching and Ali's like, oh, she's pretty good. And Larry's like, oh, well, she studied dance, assuming that Ali was referring to Jamie. And Ali's like, actually, I meant Elaine. Awkward. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. Then Richard turns to Ling and he says he thinks it's a big mistake for them to go on next and follow such a talent as Elaine. And I was like, you damn skippy is. (laughs) Um, And Ling's like, no, we're good. You heard us. And Richard is like, but it wasn't us. And Ling (laughs) shuts him down again saying, it's our lips. And if we sync them perfectly, no one will really know it's not our voices. And Richard is like, they will suspect he's like look at her she's good and the camera cuts back to elaine like vamping being like come on santa i've been good this year and i was like she is good she's looking great but then back with ali and larry they both look like they're at a funeral wake rather than a christmas party because renee can't help but notice it as she turns back from watching elaine right round to see like their glum expression yeah oh i mean was it me or like Larry is staring at like um Jamie and Mark dancing, right? That's what I was getting the impression of. I don't know if I got that, but possibly, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously I, was thinking about her enough to answer to think that that's what Ali was referring yeah, to. I I definitely got the sense that he was just like transfixed by them dancing. And that explained why he, when she was like, oh, she's pretty good. He was like, oh, yeah, she took dance lessons. Like, yeah, that, maybe. That so, yeah. And obviously Ali's just glum watching her boyfriend watch his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's not a great dynamic, is it? Yeah. Um, so back at the courthouse, the proceedings also, are on a break. Oh, sorry. Go back. Then. The other thing is. That's right. Um, I thought it was quite funny that the fam- uh, what's, how do you say her name? Famke Janssen? Famke ja- Janssen. You can either say, I think it's Famke, I've seen it two ways, Famke Janssen or Famke Janssen, 
I think Famke. probably the correct. Um, it's probably Famke Dutch or Swedish. Yeah, yeah but I think the Americans call her Janssen. Yeah, yeah, I think she's Dutch. So, uh, yeah, it'd be Famke Janssen, I think. Um, but yeah. I find it quite funny that she was she was dancing with Mark just because obviously in Nip Tuck... like half her height. <laughs> well, well, but in Nip Tuck, she plays a trans woman. And so I just found it quite funny that... Um, he was the, he was the character she was dancing Does with. She? Yeah, she I plays a trans that. woman. Yeah, a woman, trans woman. Yeah, she's a trans woman in in that show. Nipped what up. is with the early nineties like casting <coughs> cis women as trans women? Oh my god! Yeah, like insane, insane. I forgot that she was meant to. Yes. Ah, oh, it's been so long since I watched Nip Tuck. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, great show. I loved it. Um, yeah, all right. Cool. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, that was quite, that was quite funny. Quite a coincidence. Um, <laughs> but yes, so back at the courthouse, the proceedings are on a break and Nell is chatting with John and she reveals that all of this stuff with her dad, she thinks that it's all about her because her favourite character when she was little was Alvin the Chipmunk. Her birthday's in July and one time they had Alvin the Chipmunks um, at her birthday and then when her parents split up, the final straw was that her dad had to be away at Christmas and Nell was really upset and cried and cried and when he got home, her mum like laid into her dad and then they were separated by New Year's and John's like, and, and this is why he thinks he's Santa now? And Nell's like, well, Santa is everything to a kid. Like, it could be a delusion. And, and John's like, well, maybe it might mean that it's time to have a relationship with him. And Nell's like, I wouldn't even know how to talk to him. The last time we had a real conversation, I was seven years old, the day he left. And John says that during his Mr. Porter's testimony, um, when he was talking about Keeping Christmas, he was quoting a poem called Keeping Christmas by Henry Van Dyke, which is one of John's favourites. And he says that it says, if you can keep it for a day, why not always? But he left out the last line, which is, you can never keep it alone. Oh, It's not wrong, John. No. He's not wrong. No. No. Um, so back at the Christmas party and Ling and Richard's like milli vanilli car crash begins because <laughs> they've chosen Hey Paula, which again is not a Christmas no, fucking song. I'm not what here is... for these non-Christmas songs. Uh, Christmas, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Go away. But the, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so also, they start, I'm like, I no, mean, what is this song from? <laughs> what is this song it's just a song, I think. It's not uh, from a musical or anything. No. Uh, hey, Paula. It's by a group called Paul and Paula. No. Um, it's an American pop standard love song recorded by the singing duo Paul and Paula. It was in the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's not... Well, it's not, um... not my favourite, gotta say. <laughs> No, um, and also, like, the lip-syncing is, like, the least convincing thing since Ali said she was fine with Jamie coming to the party. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just bad. It's just like, not... Richard... And also, Link's Rich... got, like, uh, is it a trilby? Hang on, wait a minute. Oh, okay, it sorry. starts... It start... What? You... Stop, stop, stop the gun. Right, sorry. Richard starts, and he's trying to be convincing, but I was like, 
no mate just like, no. no like <laughs> the camera pans across everyone staring at him like one by one and Mark goes is he kidding and then we're on Elaine she goes I'm not sure and then Ali's like they've got to be kidding and re- then on Renee finally going I don't no <laughs> and then back on the stage Ling pops out from behind Richard to lip sync to the girl part of the duet and as you say she's wearing like this trilby hat um and it it might be the worst thing to have ever happened on that stage and i include ali's flea joke in that like yeah absolutely it's so like what were they thinking yeah i don't i didn't enjoy it it was just uncomfortable and it like there was no i don't understand the point Uh, yeah because richard has sung on that stage before and like they're, yeah, they're not the best singers, but that's not but the Richard point of doing it. Richard carry a tune. Like, he sung one yeah, of Yeah, remember, I love you more today than yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, that's that was like so a good. really great one. I love that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know why. It's simply because Ling can't sing is, is what I'm getting. And it's just like, Ling, you have other talents, like... Loads of other talents. Not everyone can sing. It's (laughs) It's fine. fine. But yeah, I know. So Larry is using this time to get a drink at the bar, even though he can't stop staring at the stage in disgust. (laughs) Um, And as he's staring at the stage, he doesn't notice that Jamie's joined him. Um, uh, And when he does notice, he's like, oh, hi, are you okay? Um, And she takes this as her moment to put put into action this plan of hers because she goes oh I suppose I've been better when I was with you um and she takes this time to admit that she made up the deposition as the reason she came to town and she really wants to be a family again um because apparently she's been reading all these new studies on what breakups do to kids and she thinks that she wants to try um and she's like Sam seems okay but what if he isn't and I was like the kid card not the fucking kid card I just like Jamie has been doing her own research and science says they should get back together because otherwise Sam might not be fine (laughs) like what what about all the studies that show the damage that staying together in an unhealthy relationship could do to kids like yeah exactly like I argue that does way more damage yeah well, anyway, she says she wants to try again for Sam's sake, um, but also for her own sake. Like, she drops the bomb that she still loves him and she thinks that she knows he still loves her. And at this point, Ali tears away her gaze long enough from Richard and Ling's situation <laughs> to notice that across the bar, they're having this, like, serious chat and how they're, like, looking at each other. And she just looks really rejected because the scene fades to black, I presume, for an ad break um, when it was originally shown on yes, TV. Yeah, but, um, that would yeah. Because um, the next scene is right back at the party. So thank goodness the next scene, Renee is back on stage singing I'll Be Home for Christmas by Bring, Bring, Bing Crosby. Bring Crosby. (laughs) Bring, Bing. When you leave, I was thinking it's like, oh, I'm going going to the party. (laughs) I'm going to the party later. Oh, um, yeah, bring Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to bring Crosby. (laughs) 
So oh yeah, God. anyway, so she's singing a, a Christmassy song, thank goodness. Um, and the rose is, I noticed, is now not on her neck, but on her hair. Yes. Um, and Jamie and Larry um, continue their chat. And Larry is saying, this isn't fair. And Jamie's like, I know. She's like, I was on my way to work. And before I knew it, I was on my way to the airport. And Larry's like, look, you and I were great in situations like this, in a bar or... And Jamie jumps in with a sex card being like, oh, in bed. And Larry's like, yeah, but we weren't remotely compatible in any other way. And Jamie's like, look, I wasn't even jealous when you got married. I was nothing but happy for you. But for some reason last week, when you spoke about Ali on the phone and I saw you together in your office, like there's something different about this Ali McBeal, isn't there? <laughs> Which I was just I was like, like, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> she's a real... She's a real emotional unicorn girl. Yeah, she's special. <laughs> um, Jamie says, I knew I could be losing you forever. And that's why I got on the plane. Um, and at this point, Elaine barges into the conversation. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I couldn't help but over here. Are you talking about Ali? Um, I just thought you might want to know that she left. Like she went upstairs um, and she said she'll be back. But I wonder and Larry like turns and sees that she's not at the table anymore um as Elaine then turns to Jamie and is like oh by the way not loving you as much and then her vibra is like I'm just like you know what I take it all back about the vibra because nothing can ruin a mood like the vibra so Jamie's play has been well and truly sabotaged by Elaine and her vibra. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's for. (laughs) Yeah, ruining moods everywhere. Um, Fantastic. Great move, Elaine. (laughs) Back in the courthouse, um, closings are happening. So opposing counsel's up first, saying that um, Mr. Porter's clearly ill, the man thinks he's a fictitious, mythical character, and he's entrusted with the care of children. He's got a progressive psychological disorder. It's getting worse. He's already delusional. Why are we debating this? Then it's John's turn and he says it's being debated because he hasn't done anything wrong by their own admission. Mr. Porter was fired only for the fear of what he may do and that is illegal. And then the judge jumps in at this point and says, Mr. Cage, we're dealing with children. Like your point is well taken, but do we really need to sit back and wait? And John says, well, if a tragedy was foreseeable, then I'd say no. But the doctor said his symptoms have been thus far kindness, charity and love. Quick, hit the panic button before it escalates. (laughs) And the judge is like, come on, he thinks he's Santa Claus. And John's like, well, forgive me, Your Honour, but has anyone proven he isn't? Who is Santa Claus and then John gets out this like supposedly famous letter I think this must be true I I don't know but a famous letter written to the editor of the New York Sun in 1897 by an eight-year-old and um this eight-year-old asks if there is really a Santa Claus because all of her friends are telling her it's stupid to believe that there is and the response was Santa Claus exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exists and the letter goes on to say how could you not believe in Santa how dreary you might as well stop believing in fairies and then John says is faith real is glory what about the magic of a newborn baby is that real and then Nell looks really like touched and emotional as John reads again from the letter saying 
Of course Santa Claus lives and thank God he lives. May he live forever and ever to make glad the heart of childhood. And then John says, today he lives in the heart of Henderson Porter, whose only crime has been bringing a little extra wonder to his students, making lives a little more magical, a little more romantic. Now he's caused them to keep Christmas every single day. How much more of a Santa Claus could anybody be? So Eleanor, have you can you prove that he is not Santa? I mean, have you has anyone proven that? No. This is the thing. This is this is the um the the great thing is that I'm like I started off being against like uh the the trial together, being like you shouldn't be putting this man through this. And like you know, uh, you need to calm. Like uh, he's clearly ill, and now I'm like, right. like I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, is he Santa? Maybe he is Santa. <laughs> She's like Santa. Santa, do I know you? <laughs> oh, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, so that's the magic of a John closing. Yeah, you don't know what to believe anymore. Direct quote from Eleanor Parker. <laughs> that's, that's, you've been caged. <laughs> yeah. So, cue a trumpet fanfare, and back at the party, Vonda is on the stage singing the titular song of Man with the Man with the Bag, um, as Mark and Elaine kind of dance jollily, and we see that while they wait for the verdict to come in, Nell and Henderson and John have gone to catch some of the party, and they've joined Richard and Ling at their table, and John's like, what did, what did I miss? <laughs> well, he doesn't say it like that, because obviously Hamilton wasn't a thing, but essentially that's what he says. Um, and Ling is like, lots, Larry and his ex-girlfriend got chummy we think they went home together it's awful and then Ali <laughs> fled to her office and that kind of put a damper on the party um, and then she stands up and it's like Richard dance with me because she's still got an adrenaline high from their number and Richard's like well I thought we'd have sex but he gets like dragged off to the <laughs> <laughs> so where is Ali? Yes, she has gone up to her office and she's kind of mournfully staring out of the window. And what do you know? Larry turns up to find her and he asks if she's catching up on a little work from her doorway. And Ali turns around and is like, oh, well, it looked like you guys were into something. Um, and she says, it's, it's difficult for me to be selfish or possessive because you're co-parents. Like you've got a little boy together. Um, is that what you two were talking about? Parenting? And Larry just comes clean completely at the beginning, tells her what was going on and that Jamie wants them to be a family again, in part for the sake of Sam. And Ali's like, well, there is a little kid to think of. Um, what did what did you say to that? Um, and Larry says that he agreed that if there's a way they can work it out, they should work it out. And at that, Ali just looks like the wind has gone out of her. She's like, and looks at the floor. She gasps and looks at the floor. And then, but, but then Larry comes closer and says, but then he told Jamie that he doesn't think there would be a way to work it out because he's so totally in love with somebody else. And then Ali looks up at him with like her eyes swimming in tears, all hopeful. And Larry's like, I think she left. She's probably on her way to the airport. And he's like, I'm still capable of making a lot of mistakes, but walking away from you isn't one of them. And Ali is like, she just can't get any words out. She just starts like crying. And Larry's like, don't say anything. Let's just go back downstairs. 
Um, and he says, you promised me I wouldn't be alone for Christmas. You better make good on it. And then they just keep hugging as Ali just sort of boohoos on his shoulder. And it's like, oh, you guys. I guess the way, the way Robert Downey Jr. like performed <gasps> that line, like uh, the when he goes, uh, because I'm like so totally in love with somebody else. The way he performed that line was like romance Swoon. perfection. It was just Swoon. Mwah, chef's kiss. What a treat. Like, so, so good. Love it. Oh, oh and like guys, Ali's little face as well. She was so oh. crushed that she was like so So cute. I loved it. It was so good. Cute and uh, just with all the festive like Christmas stuff around it too. It was just like I I I did I did a literal like when he said that line. I literally was like ah. Like, yeah, I, I know. It, so I did, I so you're so out. rooting for them at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Back in the courthouse, the judge has his verdict and he says, this is a tough one because Mr. Porter is obviously ill and a man with a mental disorder shouldn't be teaching second graders. Um, But he says, clearly, the benefit of the doubt here has to go to the children. But he is also mindful that there is a critical shortage of teachers these days and a particular shortage of the magical kind. And since there is a teacher's aide in the room at all times and he's done nothing wrong thus far, he doesn't see any basis for terminating a teacher just because he's Santa Claus. Which means that Henderson Porter has won the case. And Nell and John and Henderson all look surprised that they succeeded. And Henderson is so happy because he's like, I can teach. And Nell's like, know. you can teach, Daddy. Ah, like, so I good. And she stands like, up. Sorry, I just was... No, get, you carry on. You carry on. Okay. And she stands up with her dad and they, like, pause. And Nell looks at John over her dad's, like, his daddy behind her dad. Um... And John just gives her like a nod to be like, hug him. Um, And she does. And she's like almost in tears. And then she's like, can I walk you home? And he's like, all the way to Massachusetts. And she's like, no, (laughs) to my place, silly. She's like, you can stay with me. You haven't really seen the apartment. And Henderson goes, well, you don't have a chimney. (laughs) Which I thought was really funny. Um, And then Nell thanks John. And it's like, you've got an incredible heart. And she kisses him on the cheek. And John just says, hey, let him see yours, Nell. And Nell smiles, like the biggest smile that we've seen from her in a while. And she walks off with her dad and John just watches them go, like satisfied, smiling. And I was like, more nice, Nell, please. I know, I know. I was like, it's really nice to see Nell be nice again. Like this feels like, um, you know, old school Nell before she became like a yeah. bitter elitist. Like. Because she had, she did have an incredible heart, and then David E. Kelly went and Ripped ruined it. it. <laughs> yeah, but Aww. also I love the bit where the judge does actually say, like, just because he's Santa Claus, like the judge yes. is saying. I he noticed that. He's Santa I noticed that. I and- thought it was so nice because it's it shows like a. Because when people do have, even if you believe he's Santa Claus or not, like if you don't believe it, he's at the very least got a delusion where he believes that he's Santa Mm. Claus. And the best thing you can do with people with delusions is just not keep like correcting them because it's confusing for them. So the respect that he shows, well, exactly. Then the respect that he shows him by being like, 
he's Santa. Like, let's just accept that fact. It's like, I just thought it was such uh, a nice I, touch yeah, to be like, like it really he's Santa gave Claus. Me not, not he believes he's Santa Claus. No. He's Santa, it, yeah. He, he, yeah, I, I think there's something, uh, yeah, like, I I accept your self-identification, Truth. basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I accept it. It was nice. I re- it was it really nice. Me, it gave me, like, little festive chills. I was like, oh, that's yeah. lovely. You be Santa if you, you want to be Santa. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so finally, back at the Christmas party, Vonda is at the piano singing What Are You Doing New Year's Eve as Elaine and Mark and Ling and Richard and Ali and Larry are all kind of slow dancing contentedly. And with Ali and Larry, Ali says, um, I see what you mean about the holidays being stressful. And Larry's like, oh, why? Did anything happen? (laughs) Larry's like, and Ali's like, funny. Um, And then they both say like, Merry Christmas to each other. And then we get a montage of Nell walking home happily with her dad in like the Christmassy streets with her head on his shoulder um, and arm in arm. And John walks back home on his own and he donates money to a Santa ringing a bell on the street for charity um but as he's opened his wallet and given some money a homeless man like sees that john's got his wallet out and he just taps him on the shoulder and john's like yeah sure you can have some and then another woman like does the same and he's like sure you can have some then another woman does the same and we like basically fade out on john being coerced into giving away all his money to homeless people um and we never heard from him again no i'm kidding I was just a bit like, oh my God, like, yeah, yeah. he's been mobbed. <laughs> he's only got so much money, guys. <laughs> but then back at the bar, as Ali and Larry continue to dance, um, Jamie comes back and sees them, but she stops in the entrance of the bar because she realises that basically she's got no chance and she looks a bit crushed um, and just immediately turns and leaves. I always and find that really funny. The they do that quite a lot in Ali McBeal, where it's like yeah, someone turns up at the bar for no good reason. Like, not, it doesn't really make sense that they would come, come to back. the bar or yeah. come back to the bar. And it's all purely just so we can get a shot of their, like, crushed, disappointed face as, like, Ali's having a wonderful time, basically. Yeah, like, oh, I oh, thought I could be I part of it, but I'm won. not. I, am, <laughs> I have lost, and Ali has won, and she's a special girl. And now I, <laughs> and am, I am punished. <laughs> what was that? I said, and now I am banished. <laughs> The, from the show fair boston <laughs> yeah. but exactly where we lay our stage like, the show being like see how special ali is you are not special kindly leave the bar <laughs> you don't deserve love <laughs> this bar is close to you bar and you alone <laughs> you are rejected from the bar <laughs> yeah it's like an anti-viral like get out (laughs) (laughs) the bar will yeet you out of Boston (laughs) 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 yeah exactly exactly so So funny funny. so as Christmas episodes go because I would say this is probably the main Christmas episode of this season what how do you think it fares compared to the other ones we've seen? Sorry, what's so the question? far? 
Jesus Christ, Eleanor. <laughs> like, pay attention. Look alive. And um, as Christmas episodes go, yeah, because I would say this is like the main Christmas episode yes, of, this of this season because it's a Christmas party episode. Mm-hmm. What do you? How do you think it compares to other Christmas party episodes? Um, I, I, that we've I seen. think it's one of the 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 best ones. I think because we've yeah. got uh, a really heartwarming case of the week festive case of the week and we've got that just amazing moment between larry and ali and yeah larry confessing his utter adoration for ali is just like really really like lovely to watch i know Um, it's so cute i'd say the only thing that means that it's not i guess my favorite of all time is that i think they had too many songs that weren't Christmassy at the party. Yes, this is it. This is where they dropped the ball. And I'm looking at yeah. you, Vonda Shepherd. Like, aren't you supposed to be looking after <laughs> Musical <this ball>? director. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's your, your one ball. ball. <laughs> you had one ball. <laughs> you had and you one fucking ball dropped it. <laughs> and you dropped it. Like, get with it. This is Christmas. We want some yeah. Christmas festive fun, please. Yeah. So, yeah. um... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that. Paula. That's the only drawback to Who it. Who the I'd fuck say. is Paula, and what the fuck is she doing at my <laughs> yeah. Christmas party? Get the fuck out, Paula! <laughs> no one invited you. <laughs> it's true. No one invited Jamie or Paula. What were they doing there? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get um, out of my pub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly (laughs) Uh, okay yeah i have to say my least it's not my least favorite my least favorite christmas episode was where they decided to not have the christmas party in the bar and had it in the office and then billy like kissed ali without her consent that was was the worst (laughs) that was a very upsetting uh, yeah, for Christmas. I didn't like that at all. All because though of it, mistletoe. Though it did, it did have um, John and Richard dressed up like in those outfits with the and the reindeer. That, yeah, that was, no, I'm sure. Funny. Fine, but Elaine had to build a stage, which is I think is a health and safety nightmare. <laughs> yeah, she built the stage. <laughs> That's my least favorite Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. I'm gonna find Jamie guilty for um, being for attempting to be a holiday home wrecker. Like I thought you were gonna uh, say a holiday hoe bag. <laughs> a holiday ho ho bag. <laughs> ho ho ho. Yeah. A holiday ho ho ho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, no, totally. Like she only got jealous because Larry's dating a real emotional magic girl. <laughs> like, that's, that's why <laughs> she didn't even get yeah. jealous when he got married. But no, you know, he's met this unicorn woman, and you know now she's jealous, and yeah. now she tries to break them up at Christmas. At Christmas of all times. Rude. And she did it in like really like manipulative ways, like using the kid. Yeah. And like, I just think that was really shitty. Trying to bamboozle Ali with like intimate questions that are none of her business. Like. It was just really underhand and like not mm, cool. Yeah. Not bad vibes. We're not not digging that. Yeah. Bye bye, Jamie. Let us never see you again. Yes. Bye bye. And to be um, honest, but to be honest though, like I did think, like because X Men, 
came out in the July of 2000, I think. Um, yes. So that must have been like a pretty big guest star for them to land. I think it was. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Samka yeah. Jansen. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, they'd landed uh, Robert Downey Jr. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I know he was having problems at the time, but still. Well, he wasn't the RDJ that we know and love today. He was... You can still see bits of it, but yeah. Yeah, no, but like, he's, he's now, like, a superstar that could literally yeah. do anything now. Like, he no, wasn't but he was like at the big, time. He was big in the 80s. Like, he, yeah, was, he was a member yeah, of but the Brat Pack and Yeah, all that. but he was... He in no way had the same... Hollywood He power. was having a, a career slump at this yeah, point he and was, was like, had loads of drug problems yeah, and all that stuff. Like, and they were like, he, they were the only show that gave him a chance, yeah, to be honest, but then exactly. he ruined that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but it's that thing of like, he, uh, you know, he's been in the business for like, literally since he was a child. So, the business. you know, it, it's going to be, you know, up and down, but he's, he's at his absolute like, peak now like post marvel oh, yeah. we all we like, all love him yeah big fan um yeah i mean has anyone proven that he's not santa he <laughs> 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 can do everything um yeah no okay so my verdict i forgot that oh, I yeah, you've um, give yours. i've got elaine as not guilty because Ooh. she was the one that broke up the larry and jamie conversation uh. and Larry to realise that Ali had gone. gone. I mean, God knows how long they would have been gas bagging before yeah. um, Larry realised that. So, yeah, well done, Elaine, for having Ali's back. Here Good job. Comes to save the day. <laughs> With her vibra. Maybe the vibra should be not guilty. I, I mean, feel like it's had a lot of flack. I, well, I did say that I took it back, like, because yeah, it did yeah. very effectively ruin okay, the Okay, so Elaine, I give Elaine not guilty and I give the vibra not guilty. Okay, yes. I, 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 yeah, uh, we've been yeah. harsh. No, I, I, but it's agree. redeemed itself. I, I yeah. concede that's fine. Okay. So, um, what did you think of this Christmas episode? Is it one of your favourites or were you not feeling it so much? Let us know. We are on Bygone's uh, podcast at Twitter. At Twitter? No, we are at Bygone's podcast on Twitter. (laughs) Bygone's pod um, on Instagram. Bygone's podcast, search for us on Facebook. Or if you want to send us like, you know, if if the comment length is not enough and you want to send us a magnum opus, you can email us on bygonespodcast at gmail.com. And we will be sure to read and respond. Um, uh, Yeah. So, I mean, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope everyone is having uh, had a great festive season. And we will be with you anon uh, until (laughs) next time. (laughs) Bygones! Jingle, bygones, jingle, bygones, (laughs) jingle all the way. Never brought to mind Sure